Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson. I'm Minister for Program Development here at the church. And I have with me our wonderful lay leader this morning, Mary Jane Ford. We welcome each and every one of you here. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person, and it's in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. It is also our tradition in Unitarian Universalist churches to light a chalice to begin our service. The chalice is a symbol of our faith. Please say with me our words for lighting the chalice. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Unitarian Universalism is a creedless faith. We don't have a set of beliefs we all have to sign on to and agree to. We draw from all of the world's wisdom and faith traditions. So sometimes people ask us, well, then what holds you together if you don't have a common set of beliefs? Well, in this church, we have a common purpose. It's our mission. We say it together every Sunday. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. The meditation reading is by John O'Donohue. It's the question of beauty. There are individuals holding out on front lines, holding the humane tissue alive in areas of ultimate barbarity, where things are visible that the human eye should never see, and they're able to sustain it because there is in them some kind of sense of beauty that knows the horizon that we are all really called to in some way. I love Pascal's phrase that you should always keep something beautiful in your mind. And I have often, like in times when it's been really difficult for me, if you can keep some kind of little contour that you can glimpse sideways at, Now and again, you can endure great bleakness. This is the time in our service where we take a moment to get centered together. I invite you now to breathe together. And breathing together, feeling one another's loving presence, Let us follow our breath to a deeper place inside, place of greater wisdom, that place of our own unique beauty, that spark of the divine within each of us. And breathing together, We enter into a time of sacred silence together, remembering that the sounds of small children and human sounds are a part of that sacred silence in this congregation. Breathing in, 
breathing out. We now enter into that time of sacred silence together. is apparent, we are to enjoy it. Where there is beauty hidden, we are to unveil it. Where there is beauty defaced, we are to restore it. Where there is no beauty at all, we are to create it. 
I love that quote from the late minister, theologian, and social justice activist Robert McAfee Brown. I love it because I think it captures so well the complex and profound ways in which we are called to interact with beauty in our world. Beauty is the monthly theme we're exploring in our religious education classes and activities this June. So let's take a bit of time to explore beauty together in worship this morning also. Now, research has begun to show that attentiveness to beauty may be beneficial to us both psychologically and physically. Most of the studies have been based upon experiences of beauty in nature. However, now the research is beginning to expand into such experiences through the arts and through music and the like. Here are just some of the potential benefits that have been found. Increased emotional well-being. Pro-sociality, having concern for others. Greater life satisfaction. Reduced stress lower heart rate, and blood pressure. Here's how philosopher, futurist, and social media and television personality Jason Silva says that beauty can heal us. I remember watching Jordan Peterson talking about why you need art in your life, and he cited people in a museum looking at the Renaissance portraitures and gawking in astonishment at billion-dollar art collections, and he asked himself, what are they doing? Why does that painting cost a billion dollars? Why are people standing in front of it? They don't know what that means. We stand in astonishment, dumbstruck in wonder when we gaze upon art because the transcendent, he says, shines through the mattice. The same thing when you walk into a gothic cathedral. Even the atheists among us are held captive by the light coming in through the stained glass, which is like light going through trees. Beauty arrests because it points to something beyond the everyday. Beauty arrests because it hints at a realm of the sacred. Beauty arrests because it awakens the religious impulse in us. Beauty can shake us out of our jadedness. There can be no cynicism in response to being overwhelmed by the beautific. Form and function matter. So surround yourself with beauty. Listen to beautiful music. Soundscape your world. Curate your environment. Choose diligently the people you share time with. As McKenna said, you become what you behold. Introduce some art and beauty into your life. It'll seep into your pores. It'll change what lies within. It'll transform the deepest part of you. Let the music make you cry. Gaze upon the fading sunset. Weep before 
or the sadness. when we see something beautiful because of the cognitive dissonance that needs to be resolved the moment of catharsis is the moment of absolution it's the moment when the wrong becomes right can shake us out of our jadedness. Let the music make you cry. Gaze upon the fading sunset. So first, where beauty is apparent, we are to enjoy it. That seems simple enough, doesn't it? Yet, how often, how often do we actually allow ourselves to pay attention to and enjoy that which is beautiful to us? How often do we explicitly set aside time for beauty in our lives? I know for me, as some of you have heard me share before, one of my most important spiritual practices, one of the things that keeps me grounded and relieves stress, is to go on a meditative hike in one of our many local nature areas to allow myself to just get absorbed in observing the beauty of nature. And yet, in times that are challenging and difficult, the times when I need it most, I am also most likely to put off this practice that so soothes and relaxes me. I have to remind myself to make the time to experience the beauty that will help me through such difficulties. Beauty can shake us out of our jadedness. Let the music make you cry. Gaze upon the fading sunset. Chris, it is so difficult to practice what I preach sometimes, I tell you. Next, where there is beauty hidden, we are to unveil it. Sometimes it's easier, I think. For us to find beauty in the places that have been more traditionally associated with it. Nature, the mountains, the oceanside, a spectacular sunset. Or we find beauty in those we love. Music that moves us. The work of art that takes our breath away. A stunning moment in a play or movie or dance performance. Just as a few examples. It can be harder though to see the beauty in what we might otherwise consider unattractive or mundane. And yet, and yet if we look for it, the beauty is likely always there in these places too. When I was in seminary, they had us do an exercise called a beauty walk that is based in a Native American tradition. They had us go to an area we wouldn't normally associate with beauty and walk through it slowly being attentive to the potential for beauty we might have missed before. 
They had us bring a camera along to take pictures of what we found and help us focus on what might be beautiful. So I went to this warehouse industrial area, and I was surprised, shocked to discover that it was teeming with life and elements of beauty. Ants dwelling in the cracks in the sidewalks. Flowers finding places to bloom even amongst all the metal and concrete. Birds dwelling everywhere they could find. There was this interplay between the bright colors that people had painted the different buildings. People had created landscaping around their outside lunch tables to bring beauty around that. And they had created plots where they had vegetable gardens right outside the warehouses where they were working. My beloveds, beauty surrounds us in the classical ways in which we've conceptualized it, yes, but also in the places we might least expect it, as well as within so many of the seemingly mundane moments of our everyday lives. I invite you to try that beauty walk sometime and see what hidden beauty you may unveil. Here's a short video that I think captures this idea that beauty is to be found in the sublime as well as in the more mundane. Okay, speak. Not yet. We'll come back to you. (laughs) Finally, where there is beauty defaced, we are to restore it. Where there is no beauty at all, we are to create it. I think this is at least partially what our call to worship, you all read with Mary Jane earlier, is expressing. Our Unitarian Universalist minister, Reverend Sean Dennison, says it like this. The ability to see beauty is the beginning of our moral sensibility. What we believe is beautiful, we will not wantonly destroy. With this, we are reminded that beauty does more than soothe and heal. It demands. It creates commitment. It doesn't just say love and appreciate me. It says protect me. Fight for me. So yes, beauty is there for us to experience it with awe and joy. Beauty is there to comfort us and sustain us in our struggles. And, and our experiences of beauty also call us to create more of it, 
to restore it when it has been defaced and create it where it has not yet existed. Beauty calls us to love and justice. It calls us to leave our world more beautiful than the one into which we were born. And I don't know about you all, but with all the ugliness, all the beauty defaced in our world today, I know for me, it can sometimes be hard to hold on to a vision of that more beautiful world, that world towards which beauty beckons us. Here's some thoughts, though. For me, what would be beautiful? What beauty calls us to create is a world in which children coming to the U.S. after fleeing persecution with their parents are welcome with open, loving arms rather than being torn away from their parents and locked in cages. Beautiful would be a world in which we have answered the call to abolish immigration concentration camps and prisons, a world in which children no longer die while under the custody of our government. Beautiful will be when Illyrio, who has taken sanctuary with us, and Hilda and her son Yvonne at St. Andrews, when they are all free and no longer have to fear for their very lives. Better yet... What would be beautiful? What beauty calls us to envision is a world in which we have helped to create conditions in people's homelands that are safe, secure, and prosperous so they don't have a reason to come here to begin with. Beauty. Beauty beckons us to create a world in which our own children can attend schools that provide safety, equity, a caring, loving environment. Schools where our five and six-year-olds and on up no longer have to live in fear and participate in mass shooting drills. Beautiful will be when we put into place a federal administration and state governments that all, all stand up for the rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex folks rather than encouraging discrimination against us by making it legal. Beauty calls us to build a world in which all transgender and all queer folks are able to live out loud as our true, beautiful selves without fearing violence or even death at the hands of hatred and bigotry. Beauty will happen when women and all people caring, capable of bearing a child have control over their own bodies in all states and all regions of this country. Beauty calls us, thank you, beauty calls us to cast the patriarchy on the ash heap of history. Beautiful will be a time when black mothers and fathers no longer have to feel terror over the prospect that their children and loved ones will be shot by the very law enforcement that is supposed to serve and protect. A criminal justice system that is actually just. That would be beautiful, and beauty is begging us to demand it. Beautiful would be Muslims in the U.S. and all people of faith living without fear and coexisting in peace. Each of us living out our own religious beliefs without trying to force them upon others. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Beautiful would be saving our planet, bringing democracy to our workplaces, restoring our institutions of representative democracy to their proper balances of power. 
beautiful would be eliminating poverty and homelessness, wiping out economic and wealth inequality, and dismantling the culture of white supremacy. Beauty calls us. It lures us to these and all forms of love and justice and creating even more beauty in our world. Now, just go create all that and I'll see you next week. I think one of the places beauty is too often hidden and must be unveiled is our own inability sometimes to recognize our own beauty. And yet, we must know our own beauty to be fully able to experience it in the world. We must know our own beauty to restore that beauty which has been lost. We must know our own beauty to create that beauty which has not yet become, to build the beloved community, to create that world about which we dream, we must overcome the many messages that we receive telling us we are not enough, we are not beautiful as we are. Certainly, our cultural standards for physical beauty, especially for women, exclude all but a small segment of the white European descendant population, don't they? Even more so, though, We are discouraged, discouraged from expressing the beautiful, unique wholeness that is each of us. Here is a poem by Maya Angelou that I think expresses this idea so very well. Phenomenal Woman by Maya Angelou. Pretty woman wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. But when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say... It's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I am a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. I walk into a room just as cool as you please. And to a man, the fellow stand or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's in the fire of my eyes. And the flash in my teeth. The swing in my waist. And the joy in my feet. I'm a woman phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say, it's in the arch of my back, the sun of my smile, the ride of my breasts, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Now you understand is why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say, it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palm of my hand, the need for my care. Because I'm a woman, phenomenally. When I'm a woman, that's me. My beloveds, you are beautiful. You are phenomenal. You hold within you your own unique spark of the divine. You have your own unique set of gifts that only you can bring into the world. And as a religious community, as a religious faith, we can combine together each of our unique sparks of the divine, blend together our unique gifts and answer that call 
of beauty. Together, may we radiate the divine out into our world, restoring beauty where it has been defaced, creating beauty where it has yet to become. Amen. Please join me in our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. This morning outside I stood and I saw a little red-winged bird shine like a burning bush and singing like a scripture verse. It made me want to bow my head. I remember when church let out how things have changed since then. Everything is holy now. It used to be a world half there, heaven's second red hand down. Now I walk it with a reverent air, cause everything is holy This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.